on my perch at the far end of the bar. And it, oh, there he is. What's that you're holding up at me? Evening, Rich. That's me hanky. Oh, it's, oh, I thought that was what they used to call, what my mother used to call a serviette. <laughs> napkin. And, and exactly. Now, all yeah. the posh people call it a napkin. Yeah, and all the plebs, um... those of us who grew up in a certain, you know, uh, way, in a certain serviette. communities, thought the posh word was serviette. And you certainly to... my mum thought it was a serviette. You used to go to school dressed in a serviette, didn't you? Well, no, that was that was a nice <laughs> lace collar, a Victorian lace collar, dressed now, as a girl. There's a photograph of my... Uh, I mean, it was always a thing that my, uh, my grandparents were both born just after... At the turn of the last, no, the last century, mm-hmm. yeah, millennium, the early nineteen hundreds, yeah, and um, the the baby photograph of my grandfather, who was a very manly man, his baby photograph, which was in the album, uh, one of those where you would go to the photographers and have a posed thing, usually with an aspidestra. Uh, sitting on a on a table somewhere, and you mm. either on somebody's lap or perched in some high chair. He was he was dressed head to toe in what I can only describe as girls' wear. <laughs> now it never came out in later life. No, but that's the way that babies were dressed at that well, time. I think they were just early adopters. For do you think for what has become? more and more popular these days. I Well, mm, you know, as and, I say, there, there, there was no, no, and... no sign of it. I mean, he did wear bicycle clips. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose uh, there is so, a, a, a sense uh, of pantaloons creeping in there. Oh, you mean later, not with his not with his skirt? He didn't have a skirt on and then Oh, yeah, of course clips. he wore a full dress and, and a wig at all times. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas you only do that on a Wednesday, if I remember rightly. Yeah, well, it's, it's creeping into Thursday as well. Yeah. <laughs> but, but there we are. If you can't have fun in this life, when can you have some fun, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Have I ever talked to you about bubble cars? Bubble cars? I don't think so. Now, are you talking about these? I always think of them as blue for some reason. Um, and the, Are they three-wheelers? Yeah. 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 And uh, 60s? Uh, 50s and 60s, yes. Yeah. Yeah, 1950s. There's, there's a, some of the black and white British comedies of the 1950s, the Bolting Brothers, um, have uh, uh, bubble cars featured in them because they're quite mm. comic. Um, I, I mentioned this because I, I passed no, you not didn't. exactly a bubble car, but one of the smallest three wheeler cars I've ever seen in my life uh, the other day. And it went past at a rate of knots. Well, I said it's a rate of knots, and my my son, you know, big ugly hairy fellow that he is, nudged me and said, "No, that's because it's very small, yeah. <laughs> and you're going at a rate of knots." <laughs> was it an old-fashioned one? Or yes, it was. Modern... It was something that I didn't know. It was a model that I, I've never seen before. It looked like a plant pot with wheels. Mm. Um. Very very odd, and and like you said, bubble cars I always think blue. This was a it was a, a shade of turquoise, okay. turquoise, as turquoise. Yeah. Uh, and this thing went shooting past, which which made me think. Oh, back to those Messerschmitts. They weren't just aircraft in the Second World War. They were also bubble cars, yeah, three wheelers. And they didn't. I've got a vague memory of them having like fins. Mm. 
some of them did. Yeah. Um, there, there was definitely. The, we're, we're into the um, uh, age of novelty cars with the coming of the 1950s. Everything in America had fins. Mm. Uh, from the creature from the Black Lagoon to, you know, a Corvette. Everything had a fin or two about it. And they did, they, they put fins on bubble cars uh, and they made them look quite like little mini spaceships. Yeah, they did and, have uh, a kind of alien feel to them, didn't they? Very peculiar, very mm. peculiar thing. Um, they do have rallies, I know. I've spoken to people who've been um, to the rallies. We mm. had them on the radio show when we used to do that. Um, people would the moment that you talked about three wheel cars, oh, the phones yeah. would light up like a Christmas oh, right. tree. We'd have all four lines would be going <laughs> indeed going mad. <laughs> yes, and one of those calls would probably be good. <laughs> but somebody told me a, I want to talk about the rallies. <laughs> somebody told me a great story about um, a bubble car. In fact, there there are two really good stories. The the, the first one was a Messerschmitt. A woman phoned up. She said um, that she wasn't very confident that she would get a driving license, but you could drive one of these on a motorcycle license. Okay, that sounds like a bad idea, doesn't well, it? Well, yeah, but but there you are. So a three-wheeler car on a motorcycle license, I, I can't remember whether or not she, she actually had a, had a Norton in the garage or not. But mm. anyway, she bought herself a bubble car. Mm. And the thing about the bubble car was, the one that she bought was, it was front opening. So the yeah, whole yeah. of the front would swing out and you'd climb in and then it'd swing back again. And the steering well, wheel say, would go with when it. When you say it swang back, you mean you would have to make it swing. It wasn't like an automatic. No. You press there was the no button. button. <laughs> opens up. In you get. It shuts on its own again. No. no uh, imagine no. if I'm. I reckon there was almost certainly a little bit of rope involved. <laughs> well, I was just going to say you probably had to have something like a litter picker to. to <laughs> to pull, pull the door back towards you. Anyway, she's encased in this thing. Anyway, she's she's driving it to work. She's driven it to work. Gets to the car park at work. There's a parking space in front of the wall. So she drives up to the parking space, right up to the wall, turns off the engine, uh, and then realises that she can't get out. I can't get out. Because she can't open the door. No problem. Not... Put it in reverse. And, oh, it doesn't no. have a reverse gear. Oh, dear. So now she's, she's in, in the, the car park. And help! <laughs> Excuse me. I'm here in, in the bubble car. I'm over here in the bubble car. Which is great, isn't it? As a, um, I have a handbrake, at least. Say that again? So she, she would have had a handbrake. At least, right? Or would well, you just I, leave it in gear? I presume. I, I don't know. I have no idea. I, I, I've never been in one, so no, I don't well. actually know the mechanics of the thing and whether it had... Because some of them didn't have steering wheels. I, sa I said the steering wheel went with the front opening door, but mm. I don't know whether it was a steering wheel or whether it was like a motorcycle handlebars. Because some three-wheel vehicles did have... Um, uh, a handlebar uh, yeah. arrangement. They were basically a motor trike in a box, weren't they? <laughs> yes, some of them. Certainly, the 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 what we used to call uh, disabled carriages. 
they were turquoise. And you'd sit, and there were one person only. And they had a, a motorcycle handlebar in there, three wheels. And they were kind of one up from the chariots that you see driving around now. I hesitate to ask this. But? but why were they called disabled carriages? Well, they weren't. Well, I, well, they were and they weren't. I was, there was a very disparaging word that was used to describe them in those days. And it was right. contemporary for the times. And I'm certainly not going to go back and revisit it now. Good. But they were certainly called carriages. Right? Okay. Because they, they, they barely resembled a car. But they, they had a door which slid open, which allowed a disabled person to clamber aboard. And then it would you didn't have all that opening and shutting of the door. you know. Like that. Mm-hmm. So it was a slide-operated thing. Mm-hmm. And it was only the s- disabled person who could get in there. Yeah. The fella down the road from us had 11 children. He was a heavily disabled chap, but he obviously had a hobby. <laughs> no, I think the problem was he didn't have a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you put your finger on it there. But whenever he got in this car and would drive off, there would be six of his children in there with him. Wow, just crammed in. Crammed right? up. How many mm. children can you get in a disabled carriage? Well, there we go. He he could answer that question. He could. I I, I no doubt he was asked it many many times by policemen who who stopped him. <laughs> but my other story about uh, bubble when cars. The, let's just let's just imagine that moment for a second when the policeman has stopped him, uh, and he's crammed into the car with, let's say, eight children. <laughs> I don't think he ever got eight. In in they were all very small right? children. I don't think he ever got the, eight in there. The policeman. Flags him down, yeah, and he says, uh, "Evening. <laughs> how many, how many kids can you get in there then?" And and your man goes, "Well, count them. <laughs> they're, they're right here. Can you count? <laughs> count them." Yeah, sorry. Just a slight uh, aside there. Carry on where you were going next. Who knows? Let's other, find out. <laughs> my other story about uh, a bubble car concerned. Um, a couple, again, this was told to me, uh, probably on that radio show when we discussed small three-wheel vehicles. Mm. A lady phoned and said that she'd gone out on a date with a fella who had a bubble car. She what a disappointment. Keen, she was rather keen on him. and this was Really? Yes. This was was uh, she keen on him until I, I th- I think the moment she realised she had a, he, he oh, had no, a bubble car? Oh, she, no, she, she was quite happy because obviously it was, it was big enough... For, to have a two-seater. Ooh. It was so, a posh bubble a, car. A two-seater bubble car. It was it was a double bubble car. <laughs> <laughs> so there they are in this double bubble car. Yeah. <laughs> and um and and they've had a fine night out, a fish supper and a pint of Guinness. Mm. Or a Mackison. And mm. uh, and they've gone to park in the park. Yeah. It's very quiet in the park. Is this the American version of parking? parking. Well, yeah. they did a little bit of parking in the park. Right. And they'd parked on the top road. And the, it was a very narrow track, but they'd gone, obviously, somewhere where they could park. Just enough room for a double bubble. <laughs> um, so they're on the top road, and the grass 
to the left of them goes down and eventually there's a huge lake. Mm. So they're parking in the double bubble car mm -hmm. and it's moving. Because <laughs> they're parking. Parking. Yeah. And they were obviously parking quite vigorously because mm -hmm. they moved it <laughs> off its three wheels oh, no. and it tipped off yeah. the top road and it rolled all the way down to the lake and landed on a duck. Uh, the, well no but there is a duck coming up and it it landed on its roof next to the lake okay. now they're trapped um she's because they've been parking obviously she's not fully dressed and neither is he mm -hmm. and they're thinking oh my god how are we going to get out of here because they couldn't get out mm-hmm and then they heard on the window. No idea. Oh, now they're really embarrassed. It's behind them. They can't see. And they're thinking, oh, God, this is the police or the park warden or whoever. Yeah. Oh. And eventually he cricks his neck and turns around. And it's a duck <laughs> banging its beak against the back window. <laughs> And he's going, shoo, go away, shoo. <laughs> I don't remember how they got out of this situation, but at the point that she mentioned the duck, mm. that was enough for me. Yeah, that's that's the that's the little bit of detail. That's the that's point there. at which, in the comedy movie from the 1950s, starring Ian Carmichael and Liz Fraser, they yeah. cut away to the following morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bubble gun. Would you have one? Nah. Would, would I heck? I, I've got a terrible sense of balance as it is. I don't think three wheelers are, are a viable I mean, form of I was only ever me. in a three wheeler once. Um, to my not, yes, once. Uh, I was a young man, 15, 16, hitchhiking, and a three wheeler stopped. Mm. That's not you what you want. You can't you say, can't no, say though, move can you? on. Yeah. <laughs> you can't say, I'm sorry. Sorry, mate. I'll wait you for know, a proper car. I've got all my clobber on. Anyway. I, my credibility. Does anybody know me where I'm... Oh, no, I don't... Do, where are you going? Oh, I know yeah. I'm going the other way. Actually, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was, I'm, it's a, no, I, was, I was, wasn't waving to... I changed I, my mind. But I got in and then, you know, inevitably, you, you have half an hour's conversation about, well, it's a, quite an enjoyable car to drive, really. <laughs> I, I find it most exhilarating. What is what are the supposed advantages of three wheelers? Are they cheaper? Well, you don't to have run? to buy four tires. That's the well, number one. Okay, is that it? There must I think be that's other it. reasons. I th the, the, the main reason why guys uh, bought the three wheelers was because that they could drive them on a motorcycle license. And a lot of guys, I know a lot of guys who uh, drove motorbikes and wanted to move up to a car but didn't want to bother go through the whole car testing they could drive it on that so it, it was you know that that was i think the the main driver okay. until until the bond bug arrived on the scene i was going to mention the bond bug and when it arrived oh when was this 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 would have been late 60s early 70s you weren't even born then were you no, but it's a cultural icon, isn't it? Yes, it is. 
And everyone uh, of my generation thought, oh, it's, you know, oh, this, it's, this is from the new Bond film. It had nothing to do with that at all. Nothing to do with that at all. It was, de it was designed by a fellow called Tom Caron, who previously had designed the chopper bike. Which is it? Tom or Karen? Make up your mind. <laughs> well, we're back to the cross-dressing again, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, I like it when people have two first names. Do you? They, is that one of your favourite things? Yeah. They, they don't usually have both male and female first names, though, do they? <clears throat> no, but that's a very good point. Tom Karen. He's, he's in a category all of his own. A little niche. He was the mm. one who designed the bomb bug. He also designed the scimitar, which was made by Reliant, because mm. that was a fiberglass um, body as well, like the um, Reliant Robin. Um, but he designed the bomb bug and it, uh, did it have like a cloth side? Uh, like a, not a cloth, plastic. Because mm. it was it was a like a wedge of red Leicester on even wheels. I, even I wouldn't design a vehicle with cloth on the side. No? It would be ridiculous. <laughs> I think plastics are much more... Uh, Orange plastic? Yeah. I'm just With... looking at a picture of one now. Oh, go on. Yeah. So it had like um, it was quite, um, quite a, a adventurous shape, wasn't it? For a wedge, um, like a like a door wedge. Yeah, like a exactly like a door wedge. With two wheels at the back, one at the front. Little eyes for headlights. Oh, the those headlamps slope. used to uh, what what is it, the, those dip dipping headlights. Mm. And um, this one is a very attractive fiery orange. With uh, black doors. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. So it's got it, proper doors. I'm not sure I go as far as proper doors. <laughs> it's got doors. I'll give you that. Right. Uh, hold on. Though. Yeah. No. This one. So where you when you said um, what did you say? I thought it had open sides and and there were like a it was like a plastic uh, thing that you pulled across. Like a tent window. There you go. Thank you very yeah. much. Being That's a camping man, you'd know about these things. <laughs> An ex camper, yeah. And that was that was like the the um, the swinging sixties version mm. of the Reliant Robin. I mean, you could get two people in the front of there. You could go parking in a bond boat and be cool. <laughs> would, would you like to come parking with me? I I have my bond bug outside. Oh yeah, all uh, right. Then. I think the uh, the issue there might be the duck actually could break through uh, into the car. <laughs> so I wouldn't recommend I wouldn't recommend uh, parking no. in a Bond bug no I don't no. think I've ever seen one of those on the road but I'd like to I think I'd stand and give the person a round of applause they, I mean they were uh, I wouldn't say they were ubiquitous but you did see them mm. um, you know, yeah. what was your your most embarrassing motor you've ever owned? Uh, my first car, without any mm. shadow of a doubt. It was the same age as me. Mm. So it uh, it was engineered and came off the Austin um, production line, if indeed it was a production line. I think it probably got put together by uh, gnomes. <laughs> um, in 1958. So I, I passed my driving test, so I'm a 17, 18-year-old, yeah, 17 and mm. a half because mm -hmm. halves were still important there um, it was light blue an Austin 1958 Austin A35 
four door. Mm. Um, <laughs> it had. Swish? It, it, no, it was no. It looked like a flying potato. Mm. Uh, if you know, well, well, not that this thing ever flew. Uh, I thought it would get up to a top speed of about fifty. I drove that car all over the country. Yeah, uh, you could in those days, couldn't you? Well, you could. I mean, it had no sophistication about it at all. Yeah, you just had to watch out for all the um, the horse poo left by the horse and carriages, <laughs> didn't you? Yeah, you did. And often, I was running <laughs> down the fellow in front with the red flag. It, <laughs> it had standby rod brakes. Rod brakes. Rod brakes. Less a uh, less successful rock singer of the time was he? <laughs> it had um, the indicator uh, switch was in the middle of the uh, dashboard. Well, there's no dashboard to speak of really, but in uh, just underneath the windscreen, uh, there was mm. a switch. The little you, flag was it that came out? Or? Well, kind of, kind of. <laughs> you turn this thing left and. The little trafficator levers would jump out of the side of the car and mm-hmm. flash an orange. Uh, oh, that's kind of cool. Blink orange to the car behind, and then yeah. when you you turned it back, it would go back into the into the body of the car. And similarly on the right hand side. Just as um, a slight aside, while we're on the indicators, I tell you what I really hate these days on your modern cars. It's the ones when they turn the indicator on. And they start on the inside and they blink out to the... Yeah, yeah. I can't say the word I want to say, but it rhymes with bankers. Well, there you are. Yes, yeah, tankers. <laughs> uh, the, I don't like those either. Uh, there's, uh, there, there's one particular German make of car which uh, thinks that... Uh, it's, it's like when they have an arrow where they want you to turn right or left and the lights dance all the way to the head of the arrow mm. and these things dance to the end of the car don't they yeah. uh, they also do a they also do one of these things now that has a braking light all the way across the boot oh i mean come on it's ridiculous can you stop inventing things please <laughs> they'll be reinventing the wheel next we've had enough <laughs> anyway back to the car that austin what was it a35 830, that's a road, isn't it? Uh, it wished it was on the road. <laughs> this thing drank more oil than it did petrol. Ooh, that's never a good sign. No, I did run out of oil on some motorway. I was in the car with my then-girlfriend, and we had to phone her father to come out Ooh. with a gallon of oil. What do you mean, oil? Gosh. Well, I, I run out. Shame. What do you mean, you... You can't have run out... What, are you an idiot? Can I run out of oil? Yes, well, the oil light's on, and I usually carry a gallon, but I'd already topped it up on the way up. And oh. Seriously, I would get through two gallons of oil a week. Wow. Yeah, well, and... Uh, was, it, was it a leak, or did it just some sort of design fault? I don't know, because there, there was never oil under the car. Mm. Which is, you know, you take in... Um, my mate was uh, from the cricket club, who used to fix cars... I'll bring it into the garage. So you take it into his garage, and he said, well, it's not leaking. Where's it going? He said, it's not leaking. Where's it going? Oh, by the way, I bumped into your neighbour the other day. He sold me five gallons of oil. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you mean Funnel Fred? (laughs) (laughs) 
But that in the in the um, uh, footwells uh, on either side of uh, I'm trying to think if it was it was a floor cha- it was a floor change gear stick. It wasn't uh, yeah. on the steering wheel. Uh, on either side uh, of the floor, the, you know that that great big hump of a thing that used to sit in the car. Right. The in the footwells, because great big puddle the, of oil. No, water. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It leaked. Mm, Every inwards. time it rained, the car would leak water, and it would progressively fill the footwells. But the people who had designed the A thirty five. New because they designed it with the new leak function. You can enjoy a day at the beach, your feet in the sea, in the new A35 from Austin. Wow. They knew about this, so they put two rubber bungs in the footballs no. either side. You would pull the rubber bung out, it would drain away. You'd put the you'd put the bung back in and off you'd go. That's People very high tech solution. I thought you you were going to say they they gave you like a bailing out bucket as if you were on a, a leaky no, rowing it, boat. It's worse than that. They knew the damn thing leaked, which is why they put in the rubber bung. When I discovered this rubber bung, I couldn't believe it. This was under a piece of carpet or whatever. But there and it you was. Realized. Well, you see, I mean, that's actually one up on my first car, which was. A uh, mini, a pur- bright purple, well, purple, with uh, dull patches. That my um, my friend at the time, uh, we used to, I don't know if you had nicknames for your cars, but anyway, my purple mini was called the Bellend. And um, the 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 reason your Austin had a distinct advantage over my mini was that uh, you could plug the hole in your car, uh, whereas couldn't. mine. No, it was just there. You could look down and watch the road whizzing past oh, as you drove along. Oh, no. It was a big old hole in the floor of that car. Oh. It cost me about £90, and well, I drove it for 18 months. It oh. was bloody brilliant. Yeah, yeah. That's the, see, the, 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 you can't say kids don't know they're born these days, but they don't frankly, know kids born. don't know they're born these days. <laughs> the idea that you would have a, a new or newish or decent first car is just nonsense. I mean, we both had wrecks, obviously, yeah, uh, and had enormous good fun. I mm. had that. I had that car for for a good eighteen months, possibly even more. And uh, I bought it for seventy five quid, and I sold it for ninety. And I wow, I probably put forty thousand miles on the clock. Uh, I kid you not, I did drive that thing all over the country. Who did north. you sell it to? Which poor bugger bought it? <laughs> well, he won't be listening to this. <laughs> but I sold it to a man who was the bingo caller at Butlins. <laughs> who'd ju- who, he was 48 years old. He put boot polish on his hair. And he just recently passed his driving test. And I don't think he'd ever bought a car before. So when I said, uh, when I don't know, how, I can't remember how it came up in conversation, but uh, at some point he said, I'll have it. Wow. And I thought, well, did, yes, go on then. Uh, and he said, happen? how much do you want for it? I said, oh, I don't know, 100 quid. He said, oh, well, I'll give you 90. I said, well, go on then. Okay. Absolute shock. Yeah. Did this happen afterwards, right? 
you sold him the car. He'd had it a week or two. Mm-hmm. You were um, off shift at Butlins, wandering through the bingo hall while your man's on duty. He looks up, sees you. He says, here he is. It's Richard. 44, hole in the floor. <laughs> Did he say that? No, he should have done, shouldn't he? That would have been just perfect. <laughs> yes. Uh, and what, I mean, you know, and I was praying that the damn thing didn't break down whilst, mm. you know, we were still working together. But uh, it was towards the end of the season and he drove off in it. And now, whether it, you know, how far up the road he got, I don't know. But, no. Um, it's that time where I'm going to say, are you going to buy a drink then or what? And you're Do you know say, what? Do oh you know no, what? Tonight, I've got a, I, I, a dog I, I, that I yeah, don't Yeah, well, own. I have. I'm just looking at me watch now thinking, well, I would have had a drink. I would, honestly, I would. But I did promise her indoors that I'd be home with the chips um, in, well, five minutes ago. Yeah. And she'll be starving. And I can't, uh, I can't have that. I can't have that. I've got to do my duty. So I'm off the chippy. I'm off the... Yes. No, I'm going to the chippy. Uh, next time I'm in... I promise. You buy a drink. Will you? I will buy a drink. Until well, then, then, last week we did the science special, and this week we've stumbled across inadvertently and done the motoring special. Oh, we have, haven't we? Yes. Yeah. I'm going to call it um, flop gear. <laughs> <laughs> we could have got a special guest on, couldn't we? Because he's looking for work. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, until the next time, reservoir. Write him a letter and ask him to come on, shall I? Do you need it? <laughs> All right, cheers! That's time at the far end of the bar. You've been listening to Richard Lewis and Ben Orr. Find the fellas on all the socials. Just search hashtag TFEOTB or send them an email. It's thefarendofthebar at gmail.com. Most importantly, spread the word. Tell your friends and enemies, colleagues and family about this amazing podcast you've been listening to. We'll love you forever. Forever.